0: What's funny? (laughs) (laughs) I could not get it together. Hi, and welcome to Film Fam Inspired by True Events. I'm Heather, married to Brian, mother to Zoe.
1: I'm Brian, married to Heather, father to Zoe.
2: Hi, I'm Zoe, uh, daughter of Heather and also a daughter of Ryan. I forgot what it was for a second. <laughs> I, am, I am so much in my weird energy today. I'm so excited to do Fast and the Furious. Okay, you guys, you guys, you, you all can't see um, because this is an audio format, but I'm currently dressed as best I can, like Michelle Rodriguez in the first Fast and the Furious movie. I am, my energy is up to here I. Also, still an audio. My hand is really high up in the air.
0: You're very butch and you're full of (laughs) NAS. Turn the NAS (laughs) on. NAS. Tris.
1: Nitrous oxide. Is that the the same thing?
0: Yes. Nitrous oxide.
1: Nitrous
2: and NAS are the same thing.
0: Well, NAS, I think, is a company who uh, makes nitrous oxide. They're called NAS. It's like Kleenex is a type of tissue.
2: And this is real, it's not fictional. Because it well, looked in the movies like a fake thing that doesn't exist.
1: I imagine in the movies it was product placement.
2: Okay. I can, I can stuff, live with that. stuff though.
1: that dentists use, uh, known as laughing gas, and uh, it's where the term funny car comes from because they use that stuff.
2: Oh. Is that a term? Yeah. From... <laughs> yeah, it's
1: yes, a funny car. is like a, a certain kind of drag racer.
2: I've heard of a clown car, which <laughs> is funny, <laughs> unless you're scared of clowns like moms. and she probably wouldn't think it's very funny, but... No, that's a bad car.
0: I don't want a clown car. (laughs) I also don't want a car full of dentists. Okay, so we're starting off so strong for this podcast. (laughs) Yes, we're going to be talking about, in case you didn't know, the Fast and Furious franchise. At least all the movies that we've seen so far, which is not all the movies that exist. (laughs) Wait, I want you, I do actually want you to list them, but I want you to list them without looking. Just off the top of your memory. List them, babe. I'm
2: pretty sure I know this. I'm pretty sure I know this because I was making fun of it earlier. So it goes The Fast and the Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious with the number two. Uh, Okay, and then we got Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, and then we got Fast Ampersand Furious, pronounced Fast and Furious. And And then we got Fast Five, and then we got Fast and Furious Six, and then we got Furious Seven. And we have not yet seen... Eight eight of the Furious or the other one.
0: <laughs> other one. Okay, what do you think the last movie is called?
2: Well, I know the most recent one that's out right now is Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw because it's a spin-off movie, but I know
0: that the one that... that that's right, that's okay. right, right? But what is after The Fate of the Furious?
2: Oh, the one that they just showed in, at the Super Bowl? Uh, f9 yes you did know them all oh my gosh a movie
0: named after a function
1: (laughs) kia
2: i'm really really into this franchise uh i know everything there is well
0: (laughs) okay so yes we watched a lot of movies during quarantine um like a lot of movies we did a whole thing seven
2: of them (laughs)
0: It, right, right. Before uh, Zoe went back to college for the spring semester here in 2021, started watching the Fast and Furious movies, and we made it through episode seven of um, episode eight. seven. Are they like
2: <laughs> Star Wars
0: movies? Episode
1: seven. Um, Imagine
2: you were watching a TV show, and in the second and third movies, it was episodes. It was just different people.
1: <laughs> and then after that, it was completely out of time. All right. So I'm wondering, Heather, was this inspired by any true events?
0: Why, thank you for asking. Yes, it was. Um, It was inspired by a article from Vibe magazine, Vibe with a B. I've
2: never heard of Vibe magazine.
0: It's like Vice, but with a B. (laughs) (laughs) Bees? (laughs) (laughs) While we're watching this, uh, the first movie, which Zoe had never seen, but... Brian and I had seen back in the day. Uh, Zoe asked a few times, she's like, Is this real? Is, is, illegal, is this a legal street racing like thing? Is this real? Did they really do this? And um, mostly, yes, at least in the first movie. But before um, they start um, being international heisters? Heisters, he- yeah. He- heisters. I don't know, there's no... I don't think that's a... Yes, so yes, the article in Vibe magazine is called Racer X, which, if you don't know, uh, you should know. It's based on a character from the Speed Racer uh, cartoon. The author of Racer X is Kenneth Lee, and he uh, wrote this article, and then the article got picked up by Universal Pictures as, like, they're like, hey, we can make a movie out of this. The article Racer X is about... People who modified Japanese compact cars and then racing through the streets of New York. Oh, this New York. New York. What time period was uh, this? It came out in 1998. But Kenneth Lee, he, like Paul Walker's character, Brian, kind of got embedded in the scene. He wasn't a police officer, but he was a, an author, and he go to the races, and then he'd ride around with them and like learn how it's supposed to go. And he... The original story, Racer X, ended up focusing on kind of this old-school, been-around-a-while racer named Rafael Estevez. And um, cool. Yeah, so maybe he's like the dom of the story, the Dominic <laughs> Toretto of the story. <laughs> did you did you catch yourself I shortening it there? Yeah, okay. The article itself, um, I recommend reading it, and we'll post it in uh, on our social media, but it actually has like a fast and furious feel to it. Like as you're reading it, you see, you can feel the, like, way the movie feels
2: like you read it and you're like, ah, yes, this has a, a
3: really
0: warm saturated filter on it. Yes. And lots of like fast cuts and doors slamming and butts hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> Just so many butts. Kenneth Lee, I'm going to quote him here. He, so you can get a sense of what I mean. Um, he says, or he writes the hundreds of kids who line New York hotspots, like, Francis Lewis Boulevard in Queens or the Fountain Avenue Strip in Brooklyn every weekend are the urban polygod of Puerto Rican, Dominican, Chinese, Filipino, Jamaican, Italian, and other ethnicities who have one thing in common. They love turtling metal, meat, and rubber through the concrete jungle at dangerous velocities. Did you say meat? Hurdling meat, hurdling metal, meat and rubber. <laughs> well, like the metal and the rubber, I oh, are they the meat?
3: They're meat. People
1: are the meat. <laughs>
2: Why would you? Not throwing it meat with... out
1: the window of the car. The,
2: the way that they phrased it was like car part meat other car part. So yeah, w- that's how you are in a
0: car. <laughs> <laughs> in between metal? the metal and the rubber, then there's the meat, and then there's the rubber. <laughs> <laughs> it's a meat sandwich. Okay. If
2: anything, it's a meat burrito.
0: But we don't have to get into that right now either. so uh kenneth lee he writes about a new breed of racer that started in southern california and made its way across to the east coast and they aren't racing like american muscle cars like they do in rebel without a cause or or american graffiti they're modifying cheap or cheaper japanese imports like honda civics which is what you see in the fast and the furious movies rafael estevez Like I said, he's like the Dominic Toretto of this scene in New York. And he's winning races like left and right and is a big risk taker. And he has like the psychology and the cunning to beat his opponent, even if they have a better car. He's that guy. And in the article, um, Estevez is quoted. He says, people say I cheat all the time. They say I jump the line. I do this. I do that. Drag racing is war. If you bring a knife, I bring a machine gun and you're dead. (laughs)
1: uh
2: in stark contrast to that scene in (laughs) furious seven where where jason statham brings a gun and he's like i fight like we fight in the streets aka pipe
0: i I don't remember the giant pipe with the giant pipe that's how they
2: So, so the original guy was a little more savvy he was all like i i will crash your car and cheat and that's just how we do
0: isn't that one of the whole things is like Brian says you cheated or you and Dom is always like
2: eh. <laughs> that that is in fact a thing that I saw that like like Dom never wins against Brian fair.
1: I feel like <laughs> at some point in all of these movies somebody must have said rules are they ain't no rules. <laughs> I mean that's something they would say, right? You just wrote nine.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. So um, street racing is illegal. And Estevez and other racers, um, they're always being chased by the police. So that part's real, too. Between July and December of 1997, the police issued 310 speeding tickets to this group.
1: Oh, my God. Five months. (laughs) This group is funding the Highway Patrol.
2: I have a question for you guys that are older and more knowledgeable than me. Why is it illegal? I, like, couldn't they just kind of, like, like they do in this, just kind of, like, section off some streets so like no well, one else is going to be there? They don't own those what?
0: streets. Other people want to be on those streets. They're public. They're not their private streets. Yeah. And, well, I can't mean, they just,
1: like, on. get an event permit? No, you're going you're gonna to take a corner too fast. You're going to spin out. You're going to slam through a building. And this happened many times in, in the Fast and the Furious franchise. They destroy so much stuff.
0: It's dangerous. Yeah, but and, everyone loves them. But if they got a permit to get a permit, you have to like not be doing things that are going to kill you or kill other people. Normally, then mm. you insurance. So that's why it's illegal because it's dangerous. I, and I will get to the danger. I do want to talk about that.
1: I appreciate you recognizing we're not just older, but also more knowledgeable. Mm, true. That true. Was, that was your respect.
0: Good daughter. Now I really want to take it back, but I you no can. no I'll
1: keep up on a podcast.
0: It's recorded. The podcast okay. is forever. Okay, uh, Kenneth Lee writes about Estevez's love for his car, like it's like Sweeney Todd and his razors. It's like I <laughs> am complete again. But <laughs> Estevez is in his car. That's when he's complete. Um, the racers they take a lot of pride in, like modifying their cars by hand and being able to take them apart and reassemble them to be lighter and faster. And Lee wrote, um, for Estevez, it's not the contest between the racers that really matter, but the abstract dialogue between the soul of the racer and his machine.
2: That's kind of funny because in these movies, they really... It's not like Dominic Toretto and his awesome car that he loves. It's Dominic Toretto and the hundred plus cars that they destroy every movie. He's never in one car for more than like 10 minutes. I don't know, that one...
1: That, the charger uh, at the end of Tokyo Drift that he brought to Japan. Uh there there is, yeah. It, was it was it a charger?
0: He in the first movie his dad had this Dodge charger and it's in like a garage, and he's like, I'm afraid of it. I've never driven it because it's so powerful. And then he ends up driving it.
2: Okay. But, I just recall them really just wanting to put in every cool car that they could think of. <laughs> no, they they <laughs>
0: Yes to what you said, and also there's one car that's supposed to be his special car, but he doesn't even drive it that much in the first movie.
2: <laughs> okay, okay. I don't know what cars look like and could not distinguish one from another, so I'm really going to trust you on that one. <laughs> well,
0: do you know Dom's car? It's, like, big and black, and it has, like, a big kind of, like, shiny thing on the front. Yeah, sticking out of the Sure. That, right? Right. That's yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember the shiny thing. That's the Dodge Charger, and all the ones that are like orange and and like neon green. Those are probably oh, Civics, <laughs> and Japanese imports. All the ones when they were driving to heist that truck that they painted like matte black and put like a green. There was like a green light underneath. Those are Japanese imports. Well, that
3: was the
2: thing. Is that is that Brian drives foreign cars and that Dom only drives domestic. American cars because he's a cool American dude. Who is- I guess has a soul bond with his car that I did not know about, but this article this article did. Was the was it a main plot point at the very beginning of the first movie that Paul Walker just bets his car and then immediately loses it?
0: <laughs> yes, that does.
2: <laughs> okay, well that's that's right there should be how they knew he was a cop. Just saying.
0: Well So they, that part is not really that true. The idea of betting for pink slips. I mean, they say that in Greece as well. And I guess people used to do that at one point, but mostly that would really discourage people from (laughs) betting because they don't want to lose their Then
2: they have no car.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So mostly people, um, race for just a prize money, you know, maybe a thousand dollars or I don't know what they're racing for, but not usually your entire car. Yeah, that
1: makes sense. I mean, it's like being at a poker game and saying, I bet my car on this hand of poker.
0: Yeah, it's a bit much. <laughs> it's unrealistic. That, but yeah, that, this part crazy. of the
2: movie is a bit much <laughs> and unrealistic. Cool. <laughs> no, listen, that's the only part.
1: No, but, but, but dragging a safe, you know, down the, uh, and by safe, uh, if you haven't seen it, I mean <laughs> like like 20 <laughs> tons of metal, dragging it through a city, crashing it through everything, I mean, that a, could happen
0: i actually have some info on that if you guys don't that <laughs> i don't and i would love to hear it okay i think it was vulture that's also a website um they did some research on what it would take to be able to drag <laughs> that safe and with the two cars that they have dragging it i think it's just two cars right at the beginning yeah yeah,
2: yeah. and then sometimes it's one but they
0: would yeah. be able to drag that safe at 2.3 miles per hour.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it, it, they, it wouldn't slide yeah. along the ground like that. It would absolutely catch its corner and sides on things and tumble and, and and break to... the cars. Yes.
2: But yes do you think that it helped at all that they cared so much?
0: <laughs> well, listen, if they wanted to drag it the way they did drag it, they would need like over 200 cars pulling it. <laughs> <laughs> So Racer X was about the New York street racing um, scene, but the West Coast, the California scene, is like much more established. And the writers who wrote the screenplay, once they got this article from Kenneth Lee, they wrote a screenplay about it and they researched in L.A. Some things that are true, uh, that they do block off the streets or the highway in the middle of the night, that is something they really do. Uh, they do all hang out in the streets in like a big party. And I like that. Have their cars all parked next to each other. And although I read the New York, New York scene, there's fewer women in bikinis because it's cold. What? I am out. <laughs> yeah, but then what happens to the butts? <laughs> the butts, um, they have a little cutout for them. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Do you mean
2: they? have a cutout of the pants so that they can open the butt or they have cardboard
0: cutouts of butts. Cause there's a lot of ways I'm interpreting
1: Cardboard <laughs> butts and they tape them on the back of the Yeah,
0: I like that one. <laughs> cardboard butts. Um, so they also cops do come and like everyone scatters and they're modified Japanese imports and then meet if they just meet in another place and then they scatter again, if the cops come and they meet and they just keep scattering and re-meeting until finally they can race.
1: Wow, that's dedication.
0: They're really into it. Um, Rafael Estevez explains in the article that there are two types of races. There's drag racing and mile races. And drag racing is shorter, and it's only a quarter of a mile. And in the first scene on the streets, when Dom agrees to, like, let Brian race, that is a quarter-mile drag race. And that's, like, this famous quote that Dom's like, I live my life a quarter mile at a time.
1: Right. And sorry. when they say uh, like you owe me a 10 second car, they're talking about quarter mile in 10 seconds, right?
0: Yes. Um, I did have something about what that question I've heard of drag racing. Back. Yes, like a 10 second car is a car that can do a quarter mile drag race in 10.9 seconds or less.
2: <laughs> you guys,
0: yes, you're gonna think I'm this
2: everyone is gonna think I'm the stupidest person in the world, but that's the the pun. That is happening in RuPaul's Drag Race. It's a pun for drag racing. Oh
0: my yes, God. my sweet summer child who doesn't know from car races and only knows RuPaul. Gay. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: Everything I know about cars I learned on Mario Kart. You're gonna have to excuse <laughs> me.
0: <laughs> um, they do drag racing. Okay, you know in the first movie they go out to this event in the desert. They that's drag racing. And we find out in the seventh movie that that <laughs> event is called Race Wars.
2: Okay, so here's where I think I should butt in and say I have the original title uh, options uh, before they decided to go with the Fast and the Furious. Original title ideas were Racer X, Red Line, and Race Wars, Race Wars. which <laughs> I think would have would have really uh, just. Race wars,
1: and I guess Racer X would have been confusing, uh with, uh, with Speed Racer in the mix,
2: yes. So, race wars would have been confusing wars. with racism in the mix,
0: yes. <laughs> oh, goodness, goodness, right? So, <laughs> the people involved in like illegal street racing scenes tend to grow up a little, get a little tired of all the risks, and end up creating like a legal place to race. So race wars is one of those legal places oh. to race. So that is
2: like the equivalent of getting a permit.
0: Yes. and Cool. I
1: bet it's out in the middle of nowhere. It, it's probably somewhere that's a lot safer than racing through the streets of a city.
0: Yeah. In the yeah. movie, the first movie, it's out in the desert. Um, legal drag race event that Estevez was involved in was actually called Drag Wars. <laughs> <laughs> back <laughs> well, to you, I'm into right? it. I'm into back to me. Thousands of people come to these events, and like I said, they don't race for pink slips usually, just for money. Because a pink slip, in case you didn't know, is the whole title to your car. car. So when Universal Studios, they pick up this story, Racer X, and they give it to a screenwriter, Gary Scott Thompson. And he changed the setting to Los Angeles, because Los Angeles is considered the birthplace of American street racing. And it's also where um, the screenwriter, it's where Gary Scott Thompson grew up justification for butts is all i'm gonna say <laughs> um that's the scene he's like more familiar with he's seen uh, these japanese import cars like tricked out on the streets it's much more popular in la to do a car and so you, anybody could just see these modified cars like driving down the 101 or ventura boulevard because so many people do this in los angeles so he started researching the scene more and he attended like some underground street races. Underground is an air quote. So like the black market, they're not actually under the ground. They're underground in that. Like they're, they're not sanctioned.
1: And the black market is not a literal black market.
0: I did used to picture a market with all
2: like black awnings underground. I did. Yes, I did. I did I'll cop to that.
0: Okay. When I was little, I know I've told you guys this, but I thought the black market, I pictured like, an outdoor market, and then inside the stalls, there'd be a bunch of babies in one, and then like machine guns in another, and then like drugs in another, (laughs) and you could just go to the market. That sounds great.
2: That sounds so much better than what it really is. So economical with their space. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Let's just hope the police don't find out where the black market is. It's underground. But then when the police come, they scatter, and they reform the market somewhere else.
0: That's right. They just keep going
2: all night. So they're babies and they're machine guns.
0: <laughs> so the main antagonist in the Fast and the Furious movies is this guy named Johnny Tran, and he's the leader of a Vietnamese gang. So in that way, they do have, like, Asian-American representation. And is
2: representation if they're just the, the bad guys? I
0: mean, I guess,
2: question oh, mark?
0: Okay, so we'll talk about whether people who race cars and steal things as a gang are good guys or bad guys. I mean, I would, I they're don't, all bad guys. I don't want to say that Johnny Tran is a bad guy because he's actually no worse than Dom. Who's the main hero of the whole franchise, basically. Um, which gets me to like something I have to say as a mom is that street racing is dangerous. Like people die, not just like the people driving the car. I did some research and like, Slightly less than half, 47% of the people who die in um, illegal street racing are behind the wheel. More than half are people in the passenger seat or spectators or just people walking on the sidewalk.
2: I was led to believe that uh, I would suffer actually zero consequences and perhaps come out looking even better than I got into the car after I get out unless it is plot important that I die in which case I'll just straight up die uh yeah. is that wrong if
1: you're just the person that's in front of the two cars that uh, just lifts your hands up and then uh, and then when it's time to go you put your hands down
2: I get so worried for that girl with her butt out every time always a different girl a different butt always a nice butt. <laughs> But she's always standing right but, there in the middle
1: and, like, we yeah, accelerating. I'm I, I really feel like as soon as they hit the gas, there's some chance that the back wheels are going to spin out, the car goes sideways and, and takes out the person trying to spin Or, like,
2: the- just rocks and gravel. She's always, like, one foot away from that car. Yeah.
0: So Ooh. this is leading up to my point. Is Johnny Tran really bad? Because Dom, I know later on in the movie they kind of pull away from this idea of, like, Street racing, later movies. But in this first movie, it's like street racing for fun and profits.
1: You're right. They're they're much safer and more responsible in the later movies. (laughs) They trade in street racing for everything else they do.
0: Yeah, but most people can't actually do any of those other things. But you can race your car in the street. This is my little... I'm about to wrap up, but I just want to say... like, Wrap up my portion here. But I think that Dom's character... And almost all these characters, they're bad. They're the bad guys. Paul Walker
2: included. Or Brian. I say the actor's name because it's 50-50. I'm going to call him Mark. Uh, While we were watching the movies, all seven of them, I just consistently referred to him as Mark. Neither the actor's name or the character's name or the name of anybody (laughs) else in the movie. Just Mark Mark in my mind.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but... um, Oh... Well, okay. But listen to this. Okay. The reason that Dom isn't allowed to race at like legal racetracks is because when he was younger, uh, he, his father was a professional stock car driver, Dom's father. And he saw his father get into an accident on the racetrack when another racer, uh, his name was Kenny Linder clipped the bumper of his dad's car. And his father, says, was killed instantly when his car crashed into the wall at 120 miles per hour and burst into flames. A week later, Dom finds the guy who accidentally hit his dad's car and then beats him with a wrench. It says he only intended to hit him once, but he lost control. And he kept hitting Linder with a wrench until Dom, until he couldn't lift his arm anymore. Linder suffered severe injuries to the left side of his face rendering him unable to race or drive. And he later found work as a high school in a high school as a janitor and had to commute to work on a bus.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, your
0: protagonist (laughs) and Dominic was banned for life from the tracks. I didn't remember
2: that that was days later. See, I, I remembered some of that, but I thought that it was like heat of the moment, but no, he, he tracked this guy down and then beat him near to death with a wrench and then, I guess, was the cause of him having to commute by bus. Oh, the horrors. But,
0: no, but, like, he's so injured that he can't, he has to become a janitor and commute by bus because he can't even drive. Oh, okay, God, so Dom's the implication? Is, Dom did this because his dad was racing and a guy accidentally hit his dad's car. Like, that's, that's going to happen. <laughs> like, if you're at a racetrack, people's cars sometimes hit each other. You can't kill a guy. And so Dom was like, I'm going to
2: become a racer. And a thief. And uh, eventually, definitely a a mass murderer. (laughs) I
0: mean, if we think about the amount of... Almost certainly. Yeah, if we think about all the people who are probably killed as innocent bystanders when they're driving their cars through the road.
1: I mean, it's not quite Avengers level, but...
2: So that was the emotional significance of that moment. What And like... Curious seven, or or one of the last ones where there was a guy that he was beating up, and then he he got a wrench, and he was like, I had this moment where you could tell he really wanted to wail on him with the wrench, and then he decided not to. But
1: yeah, that I, the rock, right?
2: Yeah, the rock. The guy was the rock that it was about. He was <laughs> well, fighting. first of all, it would have done nothing. But no. second of all, that's so much darker now that I've remembered uh.
0: <laughs> right. That's so that's that's the world we have to kind of inhabit when we're watching these movies. And they'll just that, say that happens and then not address it. Right. There's there's no like emotional stakes to the racing or the things that are happening in that way because no one can get hurt and that's just kind of how we're supposed to see it. But right. I want to say in the real world you would get hurt and people die and it's not always you the person who's racing who you think you're taking that chance for yourself it's other people who are spectators or just walking across the street
2: and the main person who did die they kind of ruined that spoilers for fast and furious in in tokyo drift the original thing is that han just dies in a car accident his car just like rolls over and like blows up or something through nobody's fault just because he was racing and then they like go in and retcon it that like Jason Statham murdered him but even in the original in 3 it was supposed to I think just be the dangers of street racing
0: for inspiration at the end um, the whole truck heist I wanted to see if there was Uh, any true events about like cars heisting a truck (laughs) Heisting the things in a truck, burglaring a truck, stealing goods from a truck while in a car. Boring. None of, I couldn't find anything, anything before the movies. But since the movies, (laughs) in 2012, there have been a bunch of them still going on to this day. And they call it the Romanian method or rollover raids. And this is how they do it. So they get three um, cars, One of them goes to the side of the truck as it's barreling down the street. And they pick certain places where, like, it's dark and the street goes straight for a long time. Another car goes to the front of the truck to keep it from kind of changing speeds. And then a third car comes up behind. Two people get out of this sunroof and get on the hood of the car. The car drives up to the edge next to the truck. They use, like, bolt cutters or something. They lean out. One grabs one guy's foot And the other one guy leans out and cuts the truck. What? Yes.
2: This is a thing that multiple people do.
0: Yes. It's a whole thing. Is this
1: real life inspired by fake events?
2: I
0: was going to say it's inspired by fictional events. It's the other way around. Inspired by this movie. Does this belong on this podcast? (laughs) Listen, they they climb out of the sunroof. One guy grabs the other guy's foot. The other guy leans forward. They cut the lock or use something to open the lock. Then they open the car door, and they one jumps in and looks around and sees what's in there. And then he takes it and starts throwing it to the other guy who throws it inside the sunroof.
2: <laughs> See, the issue with this is that it seems like an action movie sequence, which seems like it would not work in real life. What if someone just doesn't
1: catch the stuff
2: while
0: they're well, on they the can,
1: car? They catch it, the stuff is smashed by the road. They, they get another one.
0: Yeah, mostly they're stealing like PlayStations or phones, different what kinds. I of stuff. it's a
1: flat screen TV, like a sixty inch TV. That they're throwing and trying to get through the sunroof.
0: I, mean, I don't know I that don't they know, <laughs> they know. <laughs> <laughs> when they get what they want. The guy who's inside the truck, he comes out, he jumps back on the car, and then they drive away. And this has been going on since 2012. In 2020, British police reported 27 of these Romanian method wow. heists.
1: They tried that in in one of the Fast and Furious movies, and the driver of the truck like like <laughs> tried to shoot him with a with a shotgun or something.
0: Yeah, I don't know if they have those in Britain. <laughs> 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 so yeah, that's that is my information about inspired by. It's inspired by an article. It's inspired by true car racing. Uh, scenes happening all over the country and especially uh, in New York and Los Angeles. So, Brian, what did you bring to the Fast well, and Furious table today? What I decided to
1: look into was the drifting in Tokyo Drift and nice. the behind that. Uh, trying to get back to the beginning of drifting is really, really difficult. Uh, there's been the concept of sliding a car sideways around a turn almost since the beginning of cars. Basically, since cars had wheels and axles that wouldn't break if you tried to do that kind of thing. And, and very early on, people were racing, and depending on the type of ground, the type of tires, sometimes you go too fast around a turn, and there are standard ways to correct for that. Your car starts skidding out, here's what you do to prevent that. And it became a thing in rally driving, which I, did not know really what that meant, but evidently ra- rally driving is driving point to point instead of on a circuit, uh, which they do a lot of sure. that in, uh, in Fast and the Furious. They have a prescribed route uh, that was a rally drive because it, wa- it, it didn't repeat around a track. They never show this in the, uh, in the movies, but uh, rally driving isn't always about who's the fastest from point to point. You go point to point, but sometimes it's, you, you only know the first and last point and the objective is to get there in the shortest distance or with the best route by some uh, by some metric. Or sometimes they have an ideal time it takes to get from A to B and the winner is not the fastest but the person who is closest to the amount of time that they're trying to take.
0: Oh. That's That's very smart. Movie. I feel like in the early 80s there's lots of movies about rally racing like through the desert or through the this through the jungle yeah. through the, it was like a whole genre of movies
2: yeah. wait so Go making ahead. the Kessel Run in less than 5 parsecs is a rally race because parsecs is a measure of distance so you're trying to make the Kessel Run in like a specific amount of distance okay, okay. by it, taking the best route
1: it's 12 parsecs
2: shit Oh, I, I sound less knowledgeable.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, we're older, so we were, you know, we were actually there.
2: But I was right about explaining the mechanics.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah less than 12 parsecs. Yep.
2: I'm, I'm right. It's a, it's a rally race where they're trying to get it with a, a specific route.
1: Yes. But go on. <laughs> no, no, you get that one. I feel like I don't get it. (laughs) Anyway, there is, uh, it seems like a fundamental difference between, uh, say, NASCAR or Formula One, and they're on a track that is groomed, it's smooth, it has great traction, and the cars have wheels that are smooth, they're made out of special rubber, and they grip really hard. The object there is not to skid out. You want to go as fast as you can without skidding and take a tight, clean turn where the car goes where you point it. Um, but then there's other races where that's not the case. If you use a streetcar with normal tires, if you're on a street, uh, or on gravel or on dirt, that opens up this whole concept of, of drifting, which, uh, as I speak, so somebody is going to listen to this who actually knows what they're talking about and knows that I don't know what I'm talking about. So if I'm talking about drifting and you're like, shut up, Brian, that was a power slide. Uh, then, okay. But I'll I'll, I'll go through this as best as I was able to figure it out. Power sliding uh, seems to be the earliest version of this, where you start a turn and you simply take it too fast and you're okay with that. And the car at the apex of the turn, it skids out and you turn the wheels the other way to keep them pointed in the right direction and you hit the throttle. And you use the the rear-wheel drive uh, power to point you the way you want to go, even if the car is not pointed that way. And you can force this to happen by hitting the throttle harder. You're on a turn and you got a good line, but you want to power slide, you hit the throttle harder and you'll lose traction. And and then you correct for that and you're power sliding. If you're drifting, it's a different mechanic because you're supposed to start sliding before the turn and you slide all the way through the turn.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: And there's different techniques to make that happen. You can use the handbrake, uh, which is which is interesting, because if you use the handbrake and you just pull the handbrake up, uh, you lock the back tires. If you're on a manual transmission car, that stalls the engine. So there's a complex interplay between the handbrake and the clutch so that you're temporarily in neutral while you lock the back tires and then you then you put the the gas back in so that it doesn't stall when you reapply the power and so many of these methods sound so difficult to actually do
2: you you guys are lucky that not only uh am i not that good at driving but also i don't like it that much because you're just really giving a whole tutorial on how to do this dangerous (laughs) thing
1: yeah
0: and you don't know how to drive stick oh yeah well that too
1: yeah, Just but you could do most of these with a uh uh with an automatic rear-wheel drive car. Uh, well, thank
2: you. I won't.
0: <laughs> oh, I have to say I have to throw in a, I used to have a mini and that's the original like rally car.
1: Yep. Yeah. The
0: mini? Yeah. yeah.
1: The Mini Cooper and the Cooper S were
0: rally cars. Made for that. Oh. Wow. <laughs> okay. But I yeah. never did drifting in it.
2: I thought they were made to yeah. be quaint and twee.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Once I did a power slide by accident, getting on a, a freeway on an on ramp where uh, there had been a spill of some sand and I, I lost I just spun out. I didn't I didn't expect it and I wasn't counter steering or anything.
0: I did a lot of stuff by accident. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you're if you're on a snowy road, uh, a technique that was made for oh, no, that no no
0: you're giving real examples of how people can do this. I am,
1: I how am. There's something called the <laughs> Scandinavian flick. Oh, I love these names. Roads. And you can see videos on, uh, you know, someone going around a curve on a snowy road uh, where turn to the outside of the curve, uh, oh. I guess to get a little bit of momentum outside. Then you flip the wheel to the inside of the curve mm-hmm. to bring the front of the car in while the back is still going out.
0: Yeah.
3: And then
1: you go back the original way to counter steer and you hit the gas so that you're you're drifting around this, this curve. Yikes. Yeah.
2: And there I can't other, even picture that. Scandinavians, man.
1: There are other ways to, uh, to cause drifting, cause the car to start going sideways in preparation for getting into the turn. In rally driving, it was only reasonable for those legs where the, uh, where the traction was bad and you had to compensate for that or your tires weren't good. You know, there, there, it, there's a whole range. It's not all just professional rally driving. People had just street cars. Uh, it was very common to do to use streetcars for this, and uh, and people were doing what they could to get speed around turns. Then, enter this guy named uh, Kunimitsu Takehashi. Takahashi. Takahashi. Um, he was the first Japanese racer ever to win a motorcycle Grand Prix uh, back in Germany in 1961. And he was uh, he was a big deal on the motorcycle, but he crashed in 1962 in uh, a race in Isle of Man and he had bad injuries that ended his motorcycle career. He's healing, he's recuperating, and trying to think of what to do with his life next, and he decides, hey, car racing. Car racing is something that uh, that I can physically do now that I can't physically race a motorcycle. So he checks out some rallies, and he sees one uh, where a driver named Roger Clark out of uh, Leicestershire. He was going around some corners and 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 power sliding, and he latched onto this and decided, okay, I I can make this a thing. I can make this a way to actually get around corners and not have to slow down and win a bunch of contests. And he does. He, he goes the All Japan Touring Car Championship, uh, which later became Super GT. The cars that they used were not slick tire cars. They were uh, street tire type of cars. And he was drifting around every turn uh, and the other drivers weren't. And he blew everyone away because he was able to do take the turns and not have to slow down uh, when he did it. His success with that inspired the Japanese illegal street rally racers to do drifting on mountain roads.
0: I just have a quick question. Do you think you can drift in Mario Kart?
1: I bet you can. No,
2: I don't think you can because Functions as one unit. You can't like move the tires in opposite directions in Mario Kart.
1: Well, you'd have to steer and hit the gas at the same time, right? And it might work.
2: Well, I'm gonna try. I'll try it when I come to break.
0: So they do mountain racing.
1: Yes, uh, it's called uh, Toga. Uh, is the racers that do the uh, the mountain racing, and this became a a thing. That and uh, he kept racing officially, and it inspired. This underground, illegal system to come up, uh, very much like they have in Fast and the Furious. And then eventually this guy named uh, Keiichi Tsuchiya, uh, he mastered drifting and uh, he became known as the Drift King.
0: Drift King! Oh, I've uh, heard which that. They,
1: which they mention in uh, in Tokyo Drift. They, they, one of the guys is called the Drift King. He starts racing, he entered the Fuji Freshman Race Series in 1977 he made it to the All Japan Touring Car Championship, and he started winning a bunch. Uh, and uh, Takahashi was his hero, so he was, you know, basically on his way uh, along the route that he wanted, uh, you know, from the mountain roads and illegal street racing up to professional racing and winning, big success. And there's a famous video of him drifting around uh, Mount Fuji. Yeah, wow. I, I watched it, and it's it's from the perspective of the driver. The video is taken from inside the car. Well, and outside, you can you can see a, a lot of what's going on there, and that became famous. And because it became famous, he uh, he got his license yoinked uh, <laughs> for street illegal street racing. But you know, his uh, his life since then has been okay. There's a famous manga and anime uh, called Initial D. And the lead character, uh, Takumi Fujiwara, was based on him, and he consulted on the production of, of both the manga and the anime. Wow. He consulted on Tokyo Drift. Mm-hmm. He was a stunt coordinator and stuntman. He did some of the driving in Tokyo Drift. Uh, and he had a cameo as a fisherman.
0: Oh. And I didn't go back to
1: the movie to try to find him, but uh, he's credited.
0: Okay, well, no, I remember the fisherman. So do you remember when um, whatever the white boy's name was who couldn't dr- Tokyo Drift... And they were having him be in this like parking lot behind some buildings by a water, and he kept like running into everything while he was training
2: during the training
1: montage. Oh, and the fisherman's like, "Yeah, that guy's terrible."
2: Yeah, Yeah, But that's about that movie. Is that's the only one where we ever see any of the main characters learning how to do anything? After that, they all just have immense knowledge of every form of driving, and also martial arts.
0: with no safe hacking, <laughs> computer hacking.
1: Well, they had a life before racing.
2: Like sword fighting in that last one?
1: <laughs> in part, actually in large part, based on this guy becoming so famous and being known as the Drift King, uh, slowly but surely, drifting becomes a legitimate sport. Uh, in 1986, Carboy magazine... Carboy. it hosted the first ever drift competition uh, but it was unsanctioned then in 89 video option magazine hosted the first sanctioned race they called it Ikaten and that originally had five drivers drifting as a team Uh, I'm not entirely sure about the rules of that one Uh, what what it means five drivers it's like synchronized driving I guess Uh, they did that in
2: one of the Fast and Furious movies yeah
1: they showed them doing that on a mountain it was mountain driving and they were all drifting around all the turns.
0: Oh, yeah. Actually, they showed that in Tokyo Drift. They, they drove and up and down, they down that mountain. In the middle of
2: that street with all the people there, and the people just parted like the Red Sea and somehow didn't get hit by the cars.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then in 2000, the uh, Drift Championship kind of reached its final form. They end up having head to head, which they call a Tsuiso format. Uh, it's the standard today, and they—it's uh, like heats. There's judges, and again, it's—it's it's like rally, where you're not purely judged on how fast you get around the track or how fast you get from point A to B in the rally. They're judged on all kinds of different criteria: your line, angle, the amount of smoke you can make with your tires.
0: Oh, I like that.
1: Your speed, distance traveled, proximity to things to walls, to, uh, to barriers. Um, uh, and, and actually, uh, you get extra points for, for rubbing the wall as you go by, you know, for being very precise with it. And it's a, uh, it's like a judged sport, like, like figure skating.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, that. it's like, like the floor routine on gymnastics. It's like, they're looking for specific things that they know is hard to do that you're doing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so uh, to date, that is a Popular sport. It's made it into Europe and the United States. It's everywhere now.
0: I would watch that. I may, I may go watch that.
1: We may have to look it, for. It was
0: yeah. a movie, in fact. Yeah.
1: Uh, illegal street racing still happens, uh, and some argue that that's the pure way to race: drifting on the mountains and uh, and and in the street. You know, it's like uh, it's like soul surfing. You don't enter official competitions. You don't do that. Those flashy flips and stuff. You just, you just. Enjoy the wave and uh, drift around the mountains.
0: Brian, I wanted to ask you, um, I think I know you actually used to race some, didn't you? Didn't you race on a track before?
1: I did. I raced in a uh, BMW 3 Series um, up in the Bay Area. I, I took emergency driving courses uh, and did some racing around the tracks up there. Never competitively. It was always always fun runs. Did mm.
3: you do a No, it was totally like- lead. It was it was an
1: actual racetrack, not an oval. It was a um, Formula One style track with turns that go back and forth and it's an interesting run. There's verticals, uh, drops and rises.
0: So <laughs> so it doesn't know our whole like well that we used to be more into cars. I mean, you were much more into car, so like you your first car was a a fancy fast car, right? Well,
1: okay. Technically, my first car was a Ford probe. <laughs> Front wheel drive, automatic transmission. But
2: he's Stop. saying words about the car.
1: But it, uh, uh, I thought it looked cool. My sister disagreed. but uh, <laughs> I, I liked it. But when I, uh, when I started making money, when I actually got a job and I could buy my own car, I got a Dodge Stealth twin turbo. Was, um, that was a pretty serious car. It was uh, 320 horsepower. Uh, it was all wheel drive, so I couldn't have drifted in it. Because uh, I couldn't have uh, directed the power to the back wheels to spin out, and it was super heavy. It was like two tons. It was like four thousand pounds. So uh, it was, it was a monster.
0: Yeah, it didn't really have a back seat, Zoe. And that's the car Dad had when I met him. I went with him and his friend down to South Beach one time, and I had to get in this little itty bitty tiny back seat, <laughs> just like lay sideways. <laughs> Does Dad made use I- in the back. Yeah, I wasn't cool enough to be in the front at that point. Well,
2: I don't feel that bad for you because the whole time that we had the Mini every time oh. uh, I had to be in the back it was yeah, but that, tiny.
0: Okay, this was still smaller than that if you can imagine And but uh, that Mini was great. Uh, my first car was a Mustang a black Mustang and um, it was a real like, piece of shit and it was constantly smoking <laughs> and I should have gotten a uh, Smoking cheaper, pill. probably a, you know, a Japanese import, like my mom wanted me to get, she wanted me to get like a Toyota Corolla, but I was like, no, I need a cool car, I'm getting a Mustang, and the only one I could afford was a real junker. <laughs> well,
2: my first car was no car, because you didn't get me my own car, instead I have driven our, you know, CRVs, uh, <laughs> and then mm. I moved to New York. Although... If I ever move back to LA, I'm calling it right now. My my dream has always been to get a yellow Jeep, the kind where like it the it doesn't it's just like a frame you can kind of off yeah. <laughs> of with all your friends. I'm also a teenager still in this uh, in this <laughs> idea. I think probably in Veronica Mars, but yeah, either that or a Camaro of the bitchin' quality.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brian, what would be your dream car at this point?
1: A BMW three series with an M conversion. Uh, which there, there's a there's a company, I forget the name, uh, that does conversions on uh on BMWs, particularly that give them more power, give them, you know, tune the uh the handling and stuff. And uh I mean that that might actually be my dream car.
0: I don't know. I mean, I really did like my yellow mini and I don't know. I like little, little British cars that, that look oxy. (laughs) Zoe, what did you bring for us today? Oh, I have a whole
2: treasure trove of interesting facts about um, all seven movies that we have seen so far. You want me to just work chronologically? Because they get weirder as it goes. Definitely. Especially, so like we start here, the first one, uh, like Too Fast, Too Furious. Um, The director, John Singleton, claims Top Gun was a major influence, which Mm -hmm. you can see. see. that. (laughs) That's the one uh, where Roman gets introduced and all that. So you can see the Top Gun stuff. By the last one, and, and we'll get there, the last one that we've seen, a different director, James Wan, is saying that it references Seven Samurai. So that's the way that this franchise, at least
0: it thinks that it has built. Yeah, I was going to say that's how it thinks it's going. Yeah, I don't Yeah.
1: see the Seven, seven Samurai connection. Well,
0: because it's called Seven, you know? Oh! Right there. Okay, yeah.
1: Now it right. makes sense.
0: And the movie Seven, and so like the seven dwarves, right. I see it. There's see maybe it. there's seven of them. I don't know.
3: Half of these
2: facts are just them being incredibly unsafe during filming, which I love <laughs> uh, as an actor. Really? Okay. <laughs> so, so for instance, there's this fight scene outside the store when Brian first. <laughs> wait, what's his <laughs> name? Brian, Mark. When Brian first meets Mia, and The god, I want to call him Kevin, but that's not his name. The guy that Matt Schultz plays, maybe Vince or something. I, why is Kevin why do we just have different names for every (laughs) character? (laughs) This is when Mark and Kevin get into this fight,
0: Uh they spent like hours choreographing it. The actors. the fight after um, Mark had a tuna fish sandwich that sounded real gross, (laughs) yeah,
2: yeah. (laughs) And he was hitting on Mia, who was, like, into it. And and fucking Kevin, Vince, was, like, cut it out. So they choreographed this whole fight scene. They practiced it for a few hours, as you're wont to do when you have a fight scene. And then they decided, when they started filming it, that it, quote-unquote, didn't feel right. And so they both decided just to improv it. So they just improv a fist fight
1: uh, uh, on set. They don't improv fights.
2: That's... And this is not stage combat where it can be, like, mimed and you don't actually make content. I mean, that... Uh, it also, sounds real dumb. <laughs> yeah. Also, in Too Fast, Too Furious, apparently a there was a, a time where a Corvette crashes into a Mustang on the freeway. Uh mm-hmm. and that was unplanned, but apparently the man was fine. Oh, goodness. That's just the kind of... Uh, so that's that's what's happening during the filming of these movies. Uh, before the first movie, Michelle Rodriguez and Jordana Brewster did not even have learner's permits. Uh, oh God, did not drive. Just no driving knowledge, which oh, Jordana just, Brewster didn't really eat. end up needing. But I guess Michelle really must not have known that much because, uh, what is it, five or six where she's... She still has not learned that you need to wear shoes that aren't flip-flops. I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that upset me so much. I'm like, oh, she's racing and she has on flip-flops. It's not good. You can't you can't race with those, in my opinion.
2: Someone who could drive and did in The Fast and the Furious was Kevin Sorbo of oh, Hercules. Tar-Killy? And, Tar-Killy? you know, being kind of problematic on the internet fame, He drove the big rig truck for the last heist. He was one of the drivers, but he was like a cameo, but the director was like, we're not showing the faces of any of the other drivers, so we're not going to show show your face either so that it's all fair and equal, which I don't know why they would get him then.
1: Right, so then then he's just there to drive for his driving (laughs) skills. He's He's just just a a super
3: driver. Uh. That's um, hilarious.
2: Vin Diesel was 34 when The Fast and the Furious, the first movie, came out. He uh, Dominic Toretto was t- supposed to be 24. That Which, is crazy laughable. I cannot fathom. Being a 20-year-old right now, first of all...
0: <laughs> what if you like saw a guy like that?
2: <laughs> Just, like, going to NYU, walking around. <laughs> I mean, yeah. not only is he... Insanely jacked, but he has the face of
0: a thirty-four-year-old. Definitely looks Um, mm thirty-four. Think about this: Han is a full-ass adult in the third movie, and he's hanging around with a teenager who goes to high school. He's hanging around the highest high school kids. But he's like the timeline is that he
2: had gone through all of the stuff of Fast and Furious and like Fast Five, uh, all of that, and then he decided, you know, I'm gonna go hang out with some teenagers. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, Tokyo Drift was called. Oh, it was released in Japan as well under the name. Do you want to guess what it was called? New York Drift. It was called, white guys can't drift. It's called Wild Speed Three, which I guess means that when Fast and Furious the first one was released, it was just called Wild Speed. Which oh, maybe. I'm not against. At least it's not race wars. Is all I'm gonna say. Things <laughs> only get more batshit from here as the movies go on. So in Tokyo Drift, there's something like a hundred, a little over a hundred cars are wrecked for that movie. For the next one, Fast and for Sand Furious, uh, <laughs> two hundred and forty cars are built just for that movie, um, many of which are fully destroyed. Oh, The Tunnel, and that, that's the movie that has the tunnel thing. Okay. This is not important trivia, but I think it's cute, is that apparently they used little spray bottles to spray water on themselves to look sweaty enough for their tunnel driving scene. <laughs> I love the dedication to machismo in these movies.
0: Um, they we, are quite dedicated. A little we, too dedicated.
2: No one embodies machismo better than The Rock, right?
0: I mean, he has something going on there,
2: yeah. Right. So guess who they wanted for Hobbs originally? Because it's not The Rock.
1: Okay. It's not The Rock. Someone
2: for that character, you know, that like fucking awesome dude. Uh, You're not going to guess it.
1: Timothy Chalamet.
2: Kurt Russell. Tommy Lee Jones. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine. He's old now. (laughs) This movie franchise would have been with Tommy Lee Jones as Hobbs. I love Tommy Lee, but he is—he was I've,
1: old in the early two thousands when yes. when the series began. Yeah, I don't,
2: I don't think he it would be uh, quite the same series if we had Tommy Lee Jones as Hobbs. The The Rock brought something special, like um, pro wrestling. Actually, like yeah. uh, in Fast and Furious Six, uh, he references one of his catchphrases as The Rock, which is Garen, damn T." <laughs> which is difficult to say, but I enjoy it. And also, he mentions the walls of Jericho, uh, which is a reference to Chris Jericho. Sure.
0: Yep. Does uh, he say, can you terrible. smell the rock is cooking? Or does he open up any cans of Wipass on people?
2: He doesn't, but in Furious 7, the finishing move in his fight with Jason Statham is called. Is the rock bottom move that he yeah. uses. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. He
0: he brought that
1: all over he, with
0: it. He made um,
1: personality. The 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 box office takes went way up right as he entered the series.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They made um, the right business choice having him there.
0: The Rock is so charming
2: when he's laid up in the hospital in Furious 7 and he's uh <laughs> he's watching a football game, right? Mm-hmm. He's watching his own The Rock's own college Football, game. He
0: played football, in college. I yeah. think that's darling. That was one of the craziest moments of this whole franchise. <laughs> that <laughs> that <laughs> when he flexes and busts his cast off. I mean, there's a lot of crazy stuff in this franchise, but that was one where I just like, I was astounded.
1: But was his arm? How long was he in there with a broken arm?
0: Overnight. I don't know. It wasn't very
1: long. <laughs> his arm was still broken, and he just did that with his cast. <laughs>
2: I like that moment, though, because when I saw that, I was like, oh, they know what kind of movie they are. And it's not a serious movie. It's a movie where that could just happen.
0: Yeah, they were embracing that. They were creating that.
2: I have a couple last little tidbits that are just sort of about um, in Fast Five when Gal Gadot was introduced. Her name never, never happened. In the film. I know. No yeah, it. I noticed. I, didn't know. I was like, what's her name? Later, they're like, Giselle. Giselle.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> the next movie, Fast and Furious Six, first time that Brian and Letty ever directly speak to each other. That's weird for I sure. That they were scared that if they talked to each other, that that Brian would steal her away from Vin Diesel. I don't know. No. It kept her sequestered over by Vin Diesel. That's, that's pretty cool. That's very scary. weird. That's weird yeah. if you think about it. And Deckard Shaw, who is the main villain of Furious 7, right? And there's so much hype leading up to him. He has 17 lines in the whole film. Wait, 17? Yeah, in the whole movie. What? (laughs) Um, And to round it off, uh, I would love to tell you guys that it is, quote-unquote, arguably, the largest number of bald actors in the main <laughs> context, ever involved in one film, just barely
0: eclipsed by Alien. Wait, but, I feel like. I think about it. There's Dom. It, there's The Rock, Jason Statham's character.
2: Right, and then there's there's uh Ludacris and Roman. Oh, <laughs> oh. they're all bald. Why is every guy bald in these movies? Are they scared if they have too much hair, people will think they're a woman?
0: (laughs) Yes. They have a lot of things they're afraid of.
1: I'm I'm trying to remember. In Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, uh, the dwarves had had hats on, but were they bald? Because that's seven right there. (laughs) (laughs) They destroyed the
2: terracotta warriors. So...
0: They were, yeah. I'm upset about when I saw that happen. I'm like, I hope that those are not the real, even in in world. I hope they're not supposed to be real terracotta warriors. Yeah. I mean, if they weren't
2: villains before that, once you destroy the terracotta warriors, I mean, you're you're out. You're That's out.
3: Good.
2: That whole thing was so upsetting to me. Where they got this fancy, fancy, fancy car, and then they only drove it for like. 10 minutes before completely destroying it. So, Furious 7, the last one that we've seen, uh, uh, okay, I told you that in Fast and Furious, 240 cars were built for the film. In Furious 7, 230-plus cars were destroyed for the film. Oh my That's just the ones that got,
1: quote-unquote, destroyed. So, this super What's fancy car, is that the one that they drive off of a cliff?
2: I think it's the one that they drive from one building into another building and then also
0: into a third uh, building. Uh-huh. Yeah, that they only drove that inside drove that inside buildings. <laughs> they never drove it out. In and the then world, they got right? out, and it, well, they're not
1: it, guilty of street racing at that point.
2: They're <laughs> guilty of destroying the Terracotta Warriors, which is, in my opinion, worse. But you know, it's debatable. They also definitely murdered people with that safe that they were dragging around behind their car, crashing into buildings. But
0: oh, definitely, yeah.
2: You know, they're they're
0: the good guys. Yeah, somehow. (laughs) Um, Well, I wanted to talk about, um, while I was researching this episode, Brian and I watched a movie um, that's a classic, but it's the first time either one of us had seen it, um, Rebel Without a Cause. And uh, Zoe has also seen it now. There's a scene in that movie where James Dean uh, races a gang member, and Natalie Wood is standing in between their cars. There's cars all along kind of creating like a makeshift racetrack and Natalie Wood is standing between the two racers and she says like lights and all the cars turn their lights on and they're kind of like illuminating this, um, the raceway for them. And then she does like a ready, set, go kind of thing like they do in um, all the fast and furious movies. She's the girl with the butt. (laughs) She's the girl with the butt. When We were watching that, I was like, oh my god, this is exactly like how they do it at the beginning of every race in the Fast and Furious movies. I love the the Tokyo Drift one where it's just like a cute boy who I yeah. think does <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um I was thinking about other similar similarities between uh Rebel Without a Cause and The Fast and the Furious. I want to say a few here without giving spoilers, they're both set in Los Angeles, they're both about um air quotes family, would you say? <laughs> Family. Yeah.
1: In a sure. much different way a though. Good family versus bad family.
0: That's right. Um in both movies, like the main protagonists understand that illegal straight, street racing is dangerous and they don't think they should do it. Oh wait, no. <laughs> wait. they, <don't>,
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, they think it's all
0: too, us out. They think it's totally fine to do that in Fast and the Furious, but <laughs> in Rebel, he's like, Why are we doing this? This seems dangerous. In the Washington Post review of the original The Fast and the Furious uh, movie, they called it Rebel Without a Cause Without a Cause. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Now, um, James Dean and Paul Walker, the actors uh, from each of those movies, they, uh, they both raced cars in real life. And James Dean and Paul Walker both died in car accidents. Um, James Dean died when he was only 24, just before rebel without a cause came out and paul walker um while they were filming the 7th movie and they were both in porsches oh. when they died yeah and um there's not that much else in common because rebel without a cause is like a genius movie that's like <laughs> so modern for its time it's really still applicable and there's just so much to think about and talk about and um and so the fascinating is, is entertaining trash
1: <sighs> talk like that about my favorite movies of all time
0: <laughs> actually there's one more thing that they have in common they are both very homo erotic. Erotic, yes,
2: <laughs> yes. So, so much. the The tension between Vin Diesel and Brian in the first movie, and then the tension between Brian and Roman in the second movie.
3: Oh, so much.
0: They're they're constantly like touching or wanting to wrestle or somehow be able to like. To touch each other's body, or touch each other's cars to each other's cars. Oh yeah, I mean we're not pretending that Dom is not
2: fully in love with Hobbes, right?
1: He is obsessed yeah. with him. Something stayed his hand when he had that wrench. It was love. It was
0: love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, in, in, in Rebel, like there's a lot of homoeroticism, and it's in the, I mean, it's in the subtext, but it's not. It's also not just subtext.
2: But whereas in Rebel Without a Cause, James Dean was actually purportedly bisexual uh, and perhaps in a relationship with his co-star. Oh, such a good segue, Zoe. The Rock is not a big fan of Vin Diesel, or at least was not circa 2018 when he posted on his Instagram.
1: Oh, there it goes.
2: Some conduct themselves as stand-up men and true professionals, while others don't. The ones that don't are too chicken shit to do anything about it anyway. Candy asses.
3: <gasps> what? No. And,
2: and and they figured out he was talking about Vin Diesel because he was like, it's not a woman. It's not any of the... Yeah. Like, a, a, a bunch of people were like, we know who this is not about. and And everyone realized that it was... About Vin Diesel, they haven't like said anything since that they're like fighting or feuding. But some people in the cast were like, Yeah, they both ha- they're both alpha males and they both want to be the alpha male, which I think is still somewhat, um, subtextually homoerotic. But I, you know what, The Rock can say whatever The Rock wants to say about Vin Diesel because he has like three heads.
0: Uh, On him You know like (laughs) (laughs) I mean I have also heard that like Vin Diesel didn't necessarily want the rock And you can see so much of how they're both trying to be the toughest. It's, it's like the same thing with Brian. Like neither of them can be the one who wins the race. And with the rock, like neither of them can actually win a fight because then one of them would be less, lesser than the other. And they're both like contractually obligated to always win every single fight they're in. It's so, yep. it's so silly because like in a good movie or even some bad movies, the main guy can get his ass kicked. And it's like, fine. And he can still be tough even if his ass gets kicked. I don't know why these movies are like that. The
1: epitome of that mindset is when, uh, uh, is when Vin Diesel and Jason Statham are literally playing chicken and driving at each other and <laughs> neither of them chickens out. And they just, they just crash into each other. Twice. They do it twice.
2: <laughs> right. like so the second time you got to know that that's what's going to happen and you're just choosing to do it anyway.
1: Yeah. To show how manly you are. Yeah. <laughs> Which is another tie back to Rebel Without a Cause, because a lot of that was, uh, was about not wanting to show that you're chicken. That was a, a motivating factor.
0: Yes. But they weren't going to try to actually just, it was like, stay as long as you can without. That's
1: right. The intent was to bail out. Not If this were Fast and Furious, they would both just go just off the cliff.
0: Drive off the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> and then be fine. Just and it'd be fine. Absolutely fine. I've literally. Off the
1: cliff and then come out of your car with a pipe to beat <laughs> up the other guy in the water.
0: Well, that seems like a good
2: ending. Um, I've talked through uh, just about everything I needed to get off my chest about this movie franchise until we watch the eight of The Furious and, you know,
0: nine. I have not. I feel like I could talk so long about this series <laughs> to be. but. As far as whether it was inspired by true events, it, it was, it is. And um, I though they've really kind of moved away from the car racing scene and just gone full, like, international high-slash-terrorist fighters. Um, and pretty soon I'm sure they're going to, like, end up in space or Avengers. something.
1: Oh, I think that needs to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Cars
0: to... in so space. Work. So after this, um, Zoe has written a song this is something a regular feature we're going to have at the uh, end of our episodes. Is Zoe or Brian or both of them are going to write songs just based on the movie that we're discussing? It's sorry, it's a f- song. <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned after the episode and listen to Zoe's new song, which uh, does have a name, and will have a name and. In- Uh, as yet to be named. We're having an exciting giveaway for FilmFam listeners. The first 20 people to write a review for FilmFam on Apple Podcasts will get their own micro-discussion of the movie of their choice. Leave the name of the movie and what year it came out, if there are multiple movies with that title, and Brian, Zoe, and I will tell you the true event that inspired it. What if your movie wasn't inspired by true events? That is 100% fine because we are going to be totally bullshitting anyways. We are not going to do any research beyond checking out the IMDb page. Otherwise, we'll just be making it up, i.e. bullshitting the story of your movie. And we will share a couple of these micro stories at the end of each episode. If you've never left a review on Apple Podcasts, it's not hard. If you're listening to this on your phone, go to the show page by clicking on our show icon. Scroll down a little... And you'll see a link that says, write a review. You can also click on the three little ellipses on the episode page and then click go to show and scroll down and click write a review. Just be sure to leave the name of your movie that you want us to discuss in your review. I can't wait to see what films you folks submit. So go on Apple Podcasts, give us a review and the first 20 will get something that is probably gonna be pretty silly. Thanks, film fam. Like film fam inspired by true events, subscribe to hear more stories that inspired our favorite films.
2: For photos and links from the show and other shenanigans, follow us on Instagram at Film Fam Podcast, on Twitter at Film Fam Underscore Podcast, and on Facebook at Film Fam Inspired by True Events.
1: If you have any questions, comments, corrections, or films whose inspiration you'd like us to explore, you can email us at Podcast at gmail.com.
0: Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Zoe. Thank you all for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye.
2: We're going to play that out with music. Hi, I'm Zoe, and this is a little ditty I wrote called 1327.
3: Together and pray. Remember all your foreign cars, you loved to race them in the wars. We charged on like the light brigade. To call it, I'll take the second place for once and last. I'll cut the gas and let you win this race. Remember speeding past the border, how we laughed at law and order, how we dreamed of what we could.